That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Niagara Moon Losing my opinion You weren't kidding about Bo's Afraid. No. Three hours. (laughs) You feel every minute of it. Three hours of mom mom issues, yeah. The trend does seem to be, you know, however long it's going to take, eventually psilocybin will be legalized, mushrooms. Okay. And when they are, would there be a worse movie to watch (laughs) while on mushrooms than Bo's Afraid? I think not. Probably not. Because it's it's so dreamy. And nightmarish, but so connected to specific aspects of reality all at the same time. That it seems almost designed to give <laughs> folks a bad a bad trip. It's designed to give you an anxiety attack. I'm surprised we haven't had an episode yet where we've talked about like best or worst record to do a particular drug to. I myself am Yeah, you don't do clean. any of that business. I'm, a, I'm clean li- clean living over here. And I can I guess you got I got any just... contenders in mind? No. No, I really don't. They could all be good or bad, honestly. I feel like this would somehow tie in with uh, Nate Safran's challenge playlist. There could be some crossover potential there. Mm. Have you been uh, working on the challenge? <laughs> have not been. No, have not been. Life's challenging enough. No. I, I don't need the extra yeah. stress. That's what I say. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of, of effort. Well, today... Oh, wait, we have to introduce this podcast first, well, right? Well, today and every day... It is the Niagara Moon podcast, a.k.a. Losing My Opinion. <laughs> now, this is, uh, this is the Losing My Opinion podcast. I am mm-hmm. wonderfully eccentric Thomas Irwin, a.k.a. Niagara Moon. I am thoroughly miserable indie artist oh, Thin Lear, a.k.a. Matt Lago. Got to get you to the spa. <laughs> that would be nice. Speaking of the spa, I want to talk to you about an artist today who I think gets kind of maligned. Not, it's not totally undeserved. I think they kind of went in a direction where their music might be played in the waiting room of spas, but they did not always make that music. Mm. And I think you're going to be surprised. I think the listeners are going to be surprised that I am genuinely a fan of the early work of this artist. And, uh, I don't know. It might be kind of a tough sell today, actually, to get you mm. into this. I don't. It doesn't seem like your cup of tea. I can but... get into soft stuff. Okay, like soft serve ice cream. <laughs> Didn't a lot of those '60s and '70s artists, you know, they hit a certain year, usually in the '80s, and then they just go soft. Sure, calming and and simple. Isn't that a trend? Well, I'm talking about a '90s a uh, '90s okay. artist today. All right, all right. So I was wondering if you're talking about Sting for a second. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we're not talking about uh, Dream of the Blue Turtles or whatever, or his loot records. So when I say Cheryl Crow, what do you think of? Is she, well, first I think of her marrying uh, the bicycle guy, Lance Armstrong. When you said the bicycle guy, I just pictured someone like riding a unicycle. Lance Armstrong, yeah. are they still together? I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. i my age there. Uh, Cheryl Crow, is she the, let's give him something to talk about? No, that's Bonnie Raitt, who is also excellent. But no, I'm not talking about Bonnie Raitt today. And did Cheryl Crow perhaps do a James Bond theme? Maybe? I don't, I don't think she did. She did did Tomorrow Never Dies. She did? We totally did not talk about that one. (laughs) 
last episode. I guess that wasn't uh, one of the memorable ones. Wow. I'm surprised they went with her. That's a weird direction. Yeah, I don't know much about her. What, what's her big song? Probably All I Want to Do. All I Want to Do is Have oh, Some Fun. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Commercials. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's just a Leaving Las Vegas. That's a very popular song. Strong enough. I mean, so her first record, it's called Tuesday Night Music Club, came out in the 90s, like mid-90s. It's a great record. It's like a huge pop album, huge pop hits. They're populated with brilliant tunes. Production's great. She sings her ass off. Just like a huge album. But we don't typically think of Sheryl Crow as like edgy in any way or alternative. No. You know, we don't think of her in the same way you think of like Liz Fair, who crossed over into more mainstream sounding stuff, but like still has indie cred. Yeah, I I don't know much about her, but I kind of put her in the same place as like Dixie Chicks. I mean, almost Carrie Underwood or something just like, oh, that's clearly not for me. And I get that it's super popular, but yeah, don't really cross her path much. All right. Well, I think then that this is probably, you're the perfect audience for this episode today because I'm going to try to unravel that a little bit. What if I told you there's an album in her catalog that gets pretty heavy and she could have my argument today because we have to have an argument here. I know we sort of dropped that. If she could have had a career as a tuneful alternative artist, if she wanted to go in that direction, that's my argument today. Uh, And we're going to look at her second album, which is self-titled. It's called Cheryl Crow. Uh, It was kind of made as a response to the success of the first record. Uh, she she actively wanted to challenge her audience, her brand new massive audience. Uh, and this album is totally produced by her, which is crazy ah. because the songs are all over the place in terms of like the style and the vibe. She also played most of the instruments. Wow. So like, I don't think people recognize how musically gifted she is because we think of her as like, she... <laughs> There is this record, I think the record's called Come On, Come On, and there's like a song, Come On, Come On. Like she kind of went in a direction in the early 2000s where it's just like, I'm only going to focus on writing massively huge songs that are like earworms and like a little right. bit middle of the road. Uh, but this record is not that. This is a different kind of record. Uh, and I want to play you for starters, the opening track, because it kind of lets you know this is not, this is not what you thought it was going to be. Was she a Deli favorite back in the day? They, no, they don't play no, no. Her. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't hear her on the radio a ton. Usually, she's not in those rock circles. No, no, she's not in the rock circles. I think when when you do hear her on classic radio, it's more like if we're going to use the New York uh, stations, it's like a PLJ mm. thing. If ninety five point five still exists, like soft rock kind of thing, she gets put there. Uh, but they're not playing a lot from this record, I would imagine. Like, there are still, on this album, there are songs that are huge pop hits. Like, Every Day is a Winding Road. I'm sure you've heard that song. Uh, but they're interspersed with these more alternative cuts. So let's listen to the first track. It's called Maybe Angels. It's very interesting. All right. And I guess I want to ask, before we plow in here, how did you get into her or you know see her as an artist worth digging into deeper was there a certain ex- certain exposure you had or you just guessed that there- no i was a kid i was a child and my dad liked her first album and we went to go see her <laughs> we went to go see one of her shows on long island at jones beach theater 
which is like the place to go if you live in Nassau County. And um, Michael Penn opened for her, Sean Penn's brother. And he is great. Like Michael Penn is great. I want to do a whole podcast <laughs> devoted to Michael Penn and how more people need to get into him. He's married to Amy Mann, right? He did the soundtrack to Boogie Nights. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Now dude yeah, has made now, some... Yeah. I didn't know he existed before. Totally under the radar. It's like, oh yeah, that's Sean Penn's brother. Chris Penn is the guy from Reservoir Dogs? Chris Penn is the other brother. Yes. It's a talented family. Clearly. But, and Michael Penn, I think he's a great songwriter. Like I, I would go to bat for Michael Penn as, as a great songwriter. Uh, but that's a separate thing. But yeah, he opened for her. So it was a solid show. It was a good bill. Good memory. Great memory. Yeah. And I remember her first record was just like constantly playing in the year it was released. So, so what is the song yeah. called again? The song's called Maybe Angels. So this is still 90s? Oh, yeah. This is, so the record came out in 96, oh, I believe. She's quite young in this uh, album cover photo here. Oh, she's Soak Up the Sun. Okay. Yeah, I know Soak Up the there Sun. There you go. We're not talking about Soak Who Up the Sun today. Know about Soak that, up the I think, sun. is where... I thought that was a Kelly Clarkson tune or something. She, she started writing songs that could have been written and released by a number of people. I don't think that's the case with her earlier records, though. They're, like, squarely her. But, yeah, that's what we're trying to... We're trying to dispel the idea that she is only that. Sure, she's, she's got layers, got depth. She contains multitudes, as Dylan would say about himself, as Dylan would growl about himself. <laughs> Are we going to do an episode where we, <laughs> where we listen to all his, his uh, three Sinatra covers albums or whatever and pick our favorite songs? Oh, why? <laughs> I, just, I don't get it. I don't get Modern Dylan. It's this whole, this whole fandom I don't understand. It's great. All right. Cheryl Crow, Maybe Angels. All right, I'm, I'm ready to expand my horizons here. Going with an open mind. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, I never, you know, like Soak Up the Sun, that's definitely an earworm, but she never bothered me. Yeah, no, I don't think any of those songs I, are like... Nothing ever seemed to be in bad taste, really. No, they're not harmful. It's not like a train situation. Oh, what? It's hardcore. like the opening song 
on the record. It's a little edgy. A little askew. Yeah. It kind of lets you know she's going in a different direction. Wow. Yeah, cool sound. Uh, now, when this came out, people were like, uh, what the hell? I thought she was going to do Tuesday Night Music Club Part 2. Uh, and there are songs on there that are like very poppy and fit right in on radio the way the other ones did. But um, you feel her like kind of pulling in this other yeah. direction. And she never really went back there after this album. Yeah, the the mid-90s alternative vibe was definitely present in that song. Yeah, that would be kind of tough to set yourself up as like a pop radio staple but then also try to have yeah. a foot in the the hip sort of experimental indie world. But you got, yeah, that's something where you really got to pick a lane, especially at that time you, you had to be pegged as one thing or the other. You got to pick a lane. And we were just talking about Amy Mann. That's somebody who deserves their own episode at some point, but like she picked yeah. a lane, you know, like I think that Amy Mann could have- She didn't pick have, the Sheryl Crow lane. She didn't. No, she, she could have gone in that purely pop direction. She's- has the ability to write those earworms, like pure earworms, and she chose to go on a, a different route. I think it was the glasses. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Okay, let's listen to another tune. I want to take us in a different direction. Uh, I want to do a song called Home. So this is like a dreamy, depressing song. Uh, it's not that it isn't pop, because it is, but there's a, there's a heavy vibe to it. I think it has more in common with like Yola Tango than it does Shania Twain. And I'd take a whole record of this kind of song, like of, of her like dreamy heartache ballads. There's a song called uh, Strong Enough from her first um, album that's like, really, I, I feel like one of the strongest songs of the 90s. And this song is like in that wheelhouse, just like really well written, really well arranged. Wait, so we're listening to Home or? Home. Yeah. Okay. chops are still there she's still writing a hit but there's this other darker element there that's not there in the later stuff a little whispery never so elliot smithy how much does she live in the country world that's a great question country pop in her ballads, I always had that assumption about her. In her ballads, she tends to veer country. Yeah. Where's she from? I have no idea. Google to the rescue. Oh, Missouri. Yep. <laughs> I knew it. 
Yeah, I thought too. I, I was feeling Missouri. That's good stuff. It's good. I mean, 96 was a great year to begin with. Yeah. Oh, what a good year. She's She's got a, a nice light touch. Yeah. Now, 96 was also the year that... That you graduated college? That I graduated college. I got my master's in 96. 96 was also the year that uh, one Fiona Apple released her... Uh-huh. first record and there's yeah. a song i want to play you now called ordinary morning it's the last track off this album fiona apple released her first album only a few months before this one so presumably they were recording their albums around the same time but this is 100 percent a song i could hear on an early fiona records piano driven it's got that like slinky kind of heartache grandeur that her songs have, but this is, I mean, it's, it's a shadow box, baby. Sure. Yeah. It has, it has that bouncy darkness. It's got the title vibe, huh? Yeah. 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 Um, but it's very dynamic and this shows off, uh, Sheryl Crow's range as a singer. Yeah. I was really impressed by this song. It actually got trashed when it came out. There were critics that were like, Oh, this is not right for her or whatever. I think they were just expecting to hear something else. And I think that some of the critical reaction maybe made her go back to... Fine, you don't like it if I try to show more nuance or yeah. you know, go with a more indie sound. All right, I'll, I'll double down on the stuff people don't give me a hard time about. Yeah. Yeah, going into today, if you told me Fiona Apple and Sheryl Crow had anything to do with each other musically, I wouldn't... Right. I'd, I'd never made the connection between those two. And there was this year where there's... If you, know, if you draw the Venn diagram and they, they are... Vaguely in a similar realm. You know, Fiona Apple is somebody else who could have made the decision to just write criminal, yeah, you know, to just do that and look at where she went. Like, she it's, made a lot of different kinds of decisions. Oh, un- unrecognizable musical <laughs> styles. Uh, thank goodness she did that. I mean, not that I wouldn't like to hear different versions of criminal, that would still be great, but Idler's Wheel and like, who could have predicted uh, that she would go in that? direction but anyway i'm a hot knife yo the butter <laughs> right right yeah you know like what genre is that like she she yeah fiona apple at the piano genre <laughs> it's nothing like it but we're not listening to fiona apple no it's not about fiona something apple very today. similar here cheryl crow not ordinary morning <laughs> necessarily similar i, I sounds think exactly the same you just swap <laughs> out the voices you never know <laughs> i think they could exist they they're in that they're vaguely in the same venn diagram for for this kind of sound, I think. It's 90s. You want to go alternative, but you don't want to go too goddamn weird or too punk. So we're not talking Breeders. We're not talking Bjork. It's this other no. kind of middle ground. Yeah, this this is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is like, uh, who do you, who, what would we compare this to today? Like somebody who like maybe is like beckoning the indie world, but not necessarily yeah, keeping entering. them at an arm's length too. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, there's, there's a good... Mm. It'll come to me later. Okay. Yeah, there's there's comparisons out there, but yeah. I left a man asleep in the noon. Name in my pocket. Oh yeah. This is smoky. i 
Production. Mm. She self-produced. You said, yeah. This one, yeah. That's just a damn good arrangement. It's a good rainy day drive listen. Yeah, and her voice is great. Like when she screams, like she's got the rasp on it, and it's just stuff she didn't really. It's got character. Do again. She had to soak up the sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the one Lance Armstrong heard, huh? <laughs> Yep. Ooh, there's something more to this girl. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't we can't fault her for turning in that aesthetic direction that she turned into. Like, if you have the songwriting chops to be able to just pump out hits, like, have you met Money? I imagine no, I have not. I imagine that that's pretty attractive and. She found a good place to sit in. There's no argument. Oh, yeah. 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 But I would argue that she has two very excellent records, her first two albums, because the first one is like very pop, but it's also just like unimpeachably great songwriting. Uh, And then she has a a third album called uh, Globe Sessions, which is good. It's a good record. And then she she went in that um, like, come on, come on direction and kind of never went back. But yeah, I'll go to bat. I'll go to bat for her early career. And for her abilities as a as a singer, songwriter, instrumentalist, she's ridiculously talented, and I think too easily gets placed into that box of just like yeah, lumped in with just the people who live on the radio station year after year right. after year. You get sick of their name and hearing their voice, and you, you right? All that yeah. overexposure of kind of more generic pop music. She's kind of a she's a little apart from that, a cut above. Yeah, there's nothing generic about anything that we just heard. No, you win. The, you win again. You win today. I can't really. I don't have any rebuttal. Yay! Yay! You get a blue ribbon. Love those blue ribbons. So, Thomas, what have you been listening to this week? Losing my opinion. I don't know if you're ready. Probably not. I don't know if you can handle it. Is this going to be a bad one, or am I going to enjoy? Well. It depends. Depends on a few things. So, as we all know, collectively. Animal collectively. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, as we have become aware, AI is starting to take over. Oh, boy. Oh. Are you, are you ready for AI? <laughs> no. No, make it stop. Shut it down. Where's the Shut button? Shut it down? That's how you say? Where's the button to turn this shit off to make it stop doing what it's doing? I, I don't have an issue with them copying Drake songs 
Cause like Who's co- what with the Drake songs? What happened with Drake? You didn't hear about the so there's an AI robot. Uh, I guess somebody was operating an AI uh, platform and that made like a a Drake song with featuring the weekend. So then it it became a massive hit, uh, and and was like going viral. And then they shut it down because the record labels, as always, the majors don't know what to do with new technology until later on when they come on like 15 years too late and just try to commodify something that is already in existence for ages. So you're saying that they made it sound like The Weeknd was singing a Drake song? Well, The Weeknd was guesting on a Drake song and Drake, well, it wasn't a Drake song. It was nobody. I think it was, I don't know whose song it was, but it was a, it was purely uh, generated by the, by the AI platform. I don't think it was anyone's song. It was like mm. they were they were telling the platform write a Drake song featuring the weekend, like that kind of thing. Like it was it was a new Oh, that you're saying the computer wrote it. I believe it. so. I don't think it was in existence already. Um I'm a little I'm a little skeptical there, but uh yeah, you're you're right about uh obviously the music industry or most large industries, you know, corporations with textiles with hierarchies. It's Col- it's <laughs> hard to start moving in another direction. Iron, iron ore. But sorry, are you you're not worried about AI. That's not a, an anxiety you have. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm worried about it. I mean, it, oh, look, okay. <laughs> it's it's. I'm terrified of it. I think it's going to be horrible. As, as an artist, as Thin Lear, are you terrified of AI? No, I, not in that sense. I, I, as someone who sells their work, I'm frightened of it. In terms of like creatively, I'm not frightened of it because I think mm. it's not in the place yet where I think for like certain kinds of songwriting, it's not able to make it sound human yet. Yeah, uh, it's just not there. But I think with with songwriting that is at this point in time already made by committee, it translates easily <laughs> to AI songwriting. Like if you already have twenty people working on your song, like those kinds of artists, I think are going to have a harder time with AI because the music is already sounding airtight in that way. It's more indistinguishable <laughs> when the robot does it. Well. All right, so you're you're a little more ahead of the curve than I would have figured. I I didn't know you had time to be reading up on the latest uh, tech gossip, but as far as I know, and I'd love to be corrected, I I haven't personally come across instances of AI actually composing music, or I have, and we can check that out in a second. But we're not at the point where AI is literally writing a song. Mm-hmm. Maybe that misconception is out there. AI is is not writing stuff yet, but AI is a great uh, mimic. It's a great parrot. Uh, I mean, chat GPT is is all the rage now, but like essentially what I'm talking about is AI that takes in music, takes in sound, the sounds of a person's voice, can spit back something to you, but it's, it's not generating anything new yet, as far as I can tell. If somebody finds something else otherwise, uh, let me know and I'll take full advantage of that new technology. But I, th- I think what happened with that Drake song was, uh, or not Drake song, was that somebody, somebody did compose it and then ran it through AI software that made it sound like Drake and The Weeknd were on it. A, but then right, people loved yeah. it. People loved it. And said it was like better than recent Drake releases. It's a great yeah promotional opportunity for yourself. Oh, is this Drake? No, it's me, but isn't it even better? Ooh, yeah, that, that gets... IP copyright law wise, that gets real murky real fast. But just for a second, this is this is a, a brief detour. But 
to my knowledge, this is what completely AI-generated music sounds like. I don't know if you're familiar with Wolfram, Wolfram Tones. No. So what we're going to hear, just briefly, 15 seconds, is uh, Is on the spot. Is this like dog-themed AI? (laughs) This is completely computer-generated arrangement, composition, everything. Uh, At the click of a button, Wolfram Tones. (laughs) Is it going to sound like Steve Reich? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, well, we can, there's different options here. We can click, uh, again, I'm going to Wolfram, tones.wolfram.com. There's different genre options. You can click classical, piano, guitar, hip-hop. Uh, but you'll see where, where it's at in a second here. Okay, sure. Again, just 15 seconds. Uh, pick a genre, any genre. Uh, let's say, well, ambient's not fair. Let's do jazz. That's interesting. All right, here we go. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound like human beings. All right, so that's where AI is at with composition at the moment. <laughs> I don't think we got so, much to worry about. Great, then. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> the next Charlie Parker, <laughs> right on my desktop here. Uh, no, so I don't want to stoke the, uh, the fears too much here. Uh, I'm still, it's gonna be I'm a still long... afraid. It's not though. It's not. Look at it. They just released this bullshit, and look at how amazingly fast it's working. Like it's doing its thing. I feel like I recently heard about it, like the the GPT and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's already advancing. Sure. Maybe it's worse uh, with the written word. And you know me and lyrics. Who cares? Anybody okay. can do it. Computer can do it. But music's a different story. Wolfram tones, at least, what I just showed you, this same technology sounding the way it did has been at least around since I was a teenager. I went I went on this website 15 years ago, and <laughs> that technology hasn't really updated since. It sounded the same back then. All of this is a long roundabout way of getting to what I really want to dig into for this week's episode. Uh, the recent phenomenon, and this is you know pretty close to what you were talking about, the phenomenon of AI covers. Mm, yeah. Are you aware of this? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like kind of already endless, right? Like they just people realized they could do it, and now it's exploded. So, like, there a famous song as performed by a different, equally famous artist. Mm-hmm. You've heard some of this already. Yeah, yeah. What have you heard so far? I think I heard Steven Tyler, like an Aerosmith dude, on something that was incredibly incongruous. I don't remember what it was. Weird. It might have just been an Aerosmith song, though. <laughs> let's let's get right into uh, the meat of, of the segment here. Let's listen to the our the first sandwich. AI cover. Okay. I don't think you've heard this. Probably not. You're going to hear, we love to talk about him on this podcast, Billy Joel. This is his song, My Life, as sung by Paul McCartney. Whoa, Okay. Let's hear it. That always kind of sounded a bit like a Paul McCartney song. So It did, yeah. And I'll, I'll get into that factor of it in a second. But yeah, you're about to hear... Pauly Joel. Pauly Joel, exactly. From 1978, <laughs> Pauly Joel singing My Life. It already sounds like it. Got a call from the 
kind of just making me realize how much Billy Joel sings like yeah. Paul McCartney. On this song <laughs> in particular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you get the idea. I definitely, I more than get the idea. <laughs> yeah, it's also it's not doing that great of a job. The software, like it's no. it's still kind of Billy Joel, but um, I hear the inflection is is more McCartney, uh, and it does. Yeah, it makes me think of of how much and, and Billy Joel. I think would freely admit this how influenced he is by that by his singing. Yeah, that that's the thing. So there's a lot of these covers on here. They're predominantly, you know, all the most famous, popular artists with a lot of material. The more, again, it comes back to this idea, the more you have to draw from, the more input you can give the AI uh, program. In this case, so uh, a lot of these that are popping up on YouTube now, uh, a lot of these are by Diff SVC. SVC stands for Singing Voice Conversion and then Via Diffusion Model. Oh, okay. Uh, it was developed at the Chinese University of Hong Kong. It's it's a little more limited than you might think. Some people are really freaking out. Oh my God, what are the repercussions of this? But really what it does is you have Billy Joel's vocal performance and the way he's singing each of the notes and how long he lingers on a particular note. You keep all of that, all of that information, all of that, those creative decisions he made in his vocal performance are still there. They just put in the Paul McCartney voice. It's like a fil- it's like you're running a filter almost. Mm. But that said, sometimes it, it gets pretty wacky, even if the, the program is still that limited. Mm. I got another one I, sh- I want to show you here. We'll go rapid fire. This is Michael McDonald singing Grizzly Bears while you wait for the... <laughs> oh, that, that one I could not tell. That sounded like the real <laughs> deal. Yeah, and that was like back in 2009. So. Yeah, that was, that was early AI software. That was uh, um, Wolfram. This side project. This one I thought was pretty good. Um, obviously, you got a lot of Michael Jackson going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hear finally because I think he tragically passed before the song came out. But you can finally hear Michael Jackson's rendition of "Someone Like You" by Adele. That's weird. I you know I've heard versions of him doing like the weekend songs, and like that's like a one-to-one thing. Yeah, because like they, they're hear, so some like the weekend is so influenced right, like the by Michael is Jackson. So influenced, yeah, especially like uh, "Feel It Coming" or whatever, like a song where it's just like this is a Michael Jackson song. Right, you're more well versed in these than I would have assumed. I guess Daddy gets his uh, YouTube time in after all. Well, Daddy finds it interesting, you know, and and it's also it, it does uh, it does frighten me. I think not because of where it's at now. It's just novelty now. But I think I just worry we might get to a point where. I mean, pop music is already almost not made by humans. <laughs> like, we're not that far from where this is going. And it's just, I don't know. I don't love mm-hmm. it. To be continued in a moment. But right now, I want to hear the smooth sounds of Michael Jackson. This is not good. It sounds too robot-y. Yeah, he sounds like that's just not. Oh God, no! This is not. This is not the best quality version I've. Right. 
No, I think we'd still do better with an MJ impersonator than that. <laughs> All right. Well, so really no bigger ramifications yet. No reason for the industry to get worried. No, I'm not worried about that one. No. I thought of, uh, you know, you made the point with our Bond theme song episode, you know, with the, the one that we identified as the worst, the uh, Die Another Day song from Madonna and how, you know, at the time it was this whole big affair and all cutting edge sound effects and, and whatever. And nowadays it sounds like something you could make in 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, you could make it on your laptop yeah. in 15 minutes and be dissatisfied with it. So there could be an upshot of music and, we, you know, we both know it when we hear it that's so cliche and just so assembly line pop and has to fit all these different rules of arrangement and production and it's got to, you know, to not sound out of place on the radio. When it's that standardized, if you just get AI to do that, that kind of takes the wind mm. out of the sails of that genre and maybe in a, a way that could end up being cool. You know, artists will be challenged through necessity to have to come up with something different or a little more interesting because otherwise, you know, you don't need to get people involved at all. Yeah, right. You ha you'll have to be idiosyncratic, which is what what everyone should be aiming for in some capacity. Well, you weren't so impressed with the Michael Jackson one. Was not, no. But one day, as you're alluding to, it might get dicey. It might get pretty scary. You know, it could be the day that the music dies. And so I have another entry that I want to uh, to show that explores that question. Okay. Is it Bob Dylan doing one of his own songs, but at the age he is now? No, that I would like to hear. <laughs> no, the, the day that AI takes over could be the day that music dies. But something touched me deep inside the day the music died. So bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing this will be about the day that I die and It's slightly more accurate the than the last one die. It's super weird Did you write Did you know this was a Kanye West song? Did not know. Faith in God above, if the Bible tells you so. You what a weird mashup. Rock and roll can music <laughs> save your Just listening to Kanye say, Do you believe in rock and roll? See, there's so much audio of Kanye running his mouth. It's more accurate, right? There's a lot of Kanye West AI covers, and they all sound pretty good. That's really the cream of the crop here. Yeah, this is like pretty decent. So yeah, Kanye West, just because there's so much freaking audio of him, uh, and all you know, the acapella tracks and all that. It's Kanye everywhere right now with the AI covers. Um, maybe you can take your pick here if you want to hear more, but you got Kanye doing The Scientist by Coldplay. <laughs> you got Kanye doing Mac DeMarco's uh, Heart to Heart. Oh, interesting. He does With Eyes Wide Open, uh, calling back to our Creed episode. With Arms Wide Open? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear With Arms Wide Open. Yeah, let's, let's hear that. All right, let's do that one. I feel like this is a song he might actually cover. <laughs> what if someone like doesn't sing perfectly in key though because like his voice his singing voice is like you know 
he auto tunes it and it's right. like not super in. That's the only piece that's missing is to get like some waiver in that that sounds natural. Well, let's see how he does uh, with Scott Stapp. He's not known for his perfect pitch. Well, I just heard <laughs> the news today. It seems my life is gonna change. <laughs> That's I close my <laughs> eyes. AI, even AI doesn't understand pray. Scott Stapp's accent. Then tears of joy stream down my face. Where longs my hope on. It's like his accent is making computers glitch. That's how we'll defeat the robots. Is trying to get them to approximate Scott Stapp's accent. <laughs> they really got it there. <laughs> yeah, that was right. Cause I'm ready to be the man. That's very weird. I have to be. I'll check a What a weird time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, this is all just novelty bullshit. I think when it it comes into play and it's a problem, is like we just saw with that's you know someone making their own song, putting famous mm. voice over yeah. it to make it work. And I think in the case of original music, because it's not necessarily approximating something that already exists, we're more likely to hear it with totally fresh ears and be like, oh, that's the artist. And I think that's what happened with that track is because there was no frame of reference for anything other than Drake to be singing that, to be rapping that song. That'll be pretty easy to enforce though, right? Like blocking that, like the second you try to upload that, to you know, distribute it online, or if you put it on YouTube, like they they don't have filters to find that shit. I don't know. I mean, people get around that now. People get around it now. They do all kinds of samples and things like that. So, well, should I be scared? People are gonna start using my voice on their doing it in Niagara Moon. Yeah, mashups like like put your voice over my music. Oh man, I feel like if Nate were on the show today, he would have done something like that. <laughs> He's like, actually, I came prepared with a secret. Yeah, I created a new software. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I don't think, I'm not scared in that way yet. I'm more scared about like where pop is going, where, where it already has gone, and how it's not that far of a jump to humanless music. Hey, well, again, my, my big point here today, if anybody is you know, coming to this a little fresher, it's AI is just a parrot. It's just a big, uh, what's that machine? Turkish something? Oh, uh, Turkish Delight? <laughs> I have no idea what uh, you're talking about. Mechanical Turk. It's a mechanical Turk right now. Don't be fooled by the smoke and mirrors. It really, it's, its application uh, is very limited still. And it can only really replicate more than anything else. And it needs, needs, still needs a lot of time, a lot of resources, and a lot of audio input to get anywhere resembling anything so we're still a ways away but hey, i don't know man like give it give it like five years right what is this gonna look like all right well we'll, we'll come back this is my occasional check-in the uh the ai report the ai ai check-in yeah we'll do it once a year i'll do a hard-hitting piece yeah 
Well, shit. Uh, what did we learn today? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think first and foremost, we learned that Shell Crow contains multitudes yeah. and that people should check well, out. You already knew that. I, I learned that. Yeah, you learned that. I'm, I'm speaking oh, for good. you. I was hoping you On would. your behalf. Uh, and you learned my opinions about AI. So there's really I, a lot. I learned you're keeping up with the trends. I didn't. I, I always thought you were uh, a Luddite. A Luddite? Yeah. Well, I kind of am, but yeah. I guess, and we didn't really tackle this. You know, if people decide they want to cancel Kanye West and have nothing to do with him, that makes all the sense in the world. What does it mean to have his vocal likeness on a song? You know, how, did, how does that muddy the water? <laughs> he's a bad example of that. I think he's doing a pretty good job of it on his own. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that's like... Um, I, I have thought of that like it's going to be sort of indistinguishable when it gets clean in like a couple of years and you really can't tell that's going to be a problem especially with the deep fakes and everything like who knows what they'll be able to do kind of hijinks will ensue bad stuff well maybe we can get an AI program to record these uh, podcast episodes for us in the future save us a little time and effort huh oh that'd be great they'd probably be a lot better I would imagine that'd be great should do that i think the listeners would really appreciate it huge time saver uh well (laughs) if you enjoyed this week's episode of losing my opinion go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a future episode give us a nice rating or a review itunes especially or i guess they call it apple music as of like 10 years ago uh but we apple tunes apple tunes uh leave it leave us a rating on apple tunes (laughs) if you've been enjoying the show go go ahead don't be shy you can follow Losing My Opinion on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, all at Losing My Opinion. And how come we don't have a Snapchat? <sighs> Damn it. I knew I forgot you know I, what I, mean? I forgot something. Yeah, we should have a Snapchat. I just I got so distracted working on the Tumblr. It slipped away from me. Oh yeah, yeah we're we're building that Tumblr. Yeah. I got a MySpace fired up, ready to go. Oh yeah. And I said today at we don't need to be worried about Wolfram tones. Nobody, no computers writing no music anytime soon. And I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. Oh, we got to end the podcast say, way so, sooner so than this suckers. shit. That's all we need. So long, suckers. <laughs>